0: Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, December 12th, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio, Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will preview Week 15 in the NFL. I'll give you pick's picks for Week 15. And I'm feeling great about my picks this week. Five games against the spread. Uh, There have not been too many weeks in this NFL season where I've told you I feel great about my picks. But I feel great this week for Week 15. So make sure you stick around for that. I also have the playoff clinching scenarios for a couple teams here heading in to Week 15. I'll go over those scenarios with you. I also have a few more thoughts on Patriots Spygate. The Cincinnati Bengals edition. I gave you my reaction to this story on Tuesday's live stream, but I do have a couple follow up thoughts. Uh, By now, you know how I feel. It's basically a non story, but as long as everybody who wants it to be a story, and as long as everybody who wants the Patriots to get caught cheating, as long as they keep it a story, then it's a story. So I have a few more thoughts on that. I will share those thoughts. And Baseball's winner meetings are taking place this week in San Diego, and some major moves have been made. I will react to those moves, and I'll tell you what they mean for the Boston Red Sox here during this offseason. Some people trying to say that the Red Sox should be—what's the word they're using? Rebuild. They they think the Red Sox should rebuild this offseason. What? I will tell you why I think that is crazy. All of it today presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC. P-I-C. That's promo code PIC. P-I-C. You can play for free this Sunday in the $1 million play action contest for Week 15 in the NFL. $1 million in total prizes. $100,000 going to first place. You can win $100,000 this Sunday by using my promo code to play in a free contest. Imagine playing in a free contest and winning $100,000. Not a bad Christmas gift, right? Well, use my promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's my Christmas gift to you. Promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, December 12th. Uh, I just, before I get into it, I want to tell you, if you have not heard already, I am running a charity video game tournament. On Saturday, December 21st, it'll be held at Salty Bowl, local bowling alley in Salty on Broadway. Um, It'll begin at noon. And the video game is Madden. You know, the football game. NFL, Madden. Madden 20. It'll be on the Xbox One. Um, There will be a special prize to the winner. I will be revealing that prize later today, actually. So follow me on social media at Danny Picard. And also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I will be revealing the special prize that the winner of this tournament will get. It's called the Christmas Bowl. It's the second annual. So this is Christmas Bowl two, And it benefits Boston Children's Hospital this year. Uh, Specifically, it'll benefit the Seacrest Studio and Entertainment Center inside the hospital for the kids. They have this awesome studio set up and this awesome entertainment center, and the money that we will raise for this video game tournament on Saturday, December 21st, that money, those proceeds will go to Boston Children's Hospital, and more specifically, the Seacrest Studio inside the hospital. Uh, So I hope you can join us. If you can't join us and you still want to donate, go to my website, dannypicard.com. I have the Christmas Bowl link there, as well as the link to my fundraising page on the Boston Children's Hospital website. So um, make sure you show up. If you're looking for something to do on Saturday, December 21st, it should be a good day. It should be a fun day. It should be an all-day affair. The Patriots play at 425 that day. It's the game against Buffalo on Saturday. It's a Saturday game. So uh, they have a bar up there. We got bowling lanes. You know, if you want to bowl a little bit, in between, you want to play in the tournament, sign up for the tournament on my website. Or if you just want to come up and watch the Patriots game and maybe put some money towards a couple of raffles, make sure you do that Saturday, December 21st at Salty Bowl. It is Christmas Bowl too. Please join us. And if again, if you can't join us and you still want to donate, you can get that link for my fundraising page to donate on my website, dannypicard.com. So, um, that's what we got there. Also. Christmas, it's right around the corner, and if you're looking for some last-minute gifts, the perfect place to get those gifts are at tpublic.com, tpublic.com slash stores slash Danny Picard. That is my merch store. You can get my merchandise. Danny Picard Show t-shirts, uh, Make Selfie Great Again t-shirts, not just t-shirts, you get sweatshirts, you can get mugs, coffee mugs, phone cases, pillows. Um, I think they have notebooks, you name it, they got it, com slash stores slash Danny Picard, and that's Tpublic spelled T-E-E, public, com slash stores slash Danny Picard, uh, make sure you go there today and get some Christmas gifts for your loved ones, they'll really appreciate it, I promise you that. Let's get to it, Spygate has returned, as you know, and it's just a joke. It really is just a joke, right? This one's a joke. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times that we do this with the Patriots and the cheating and the scandals, it's mostly a joke. Like, let's break down what every, or at least most of the Patriots' scandals have been in the history of the Patriots under Bill Belichick. What have, what have these scandals been? For the most part, it's just been a whole bunch of people that want something to happen. What do, they, what do these people want to happen? They want the Patriots to get caught cheating. They want them caught red-handed, right? If they didn't think the flake was good enough, they want more than that. You know, if, if, they, if they didn't think that the 2007 punishment For Spygate, you know, videotaping the Jets' sideline. If they didn't think that punishment was, was bad enough, you know, they want the Patriots to get caught again. They want the Patriots organization to go down in flames, right? There's all these people that just can't wait until the Patriots dynasty ends. They can't wait. And along the way, while the Patriots dynasty continues, continues on, even right now, at 10-3, and 3, the two-seed in the AFC. I mean, you wouldn't think they're 10-3. and 3. You wouldn't think they're the two-seed in the AFC. Right? But they are. And if the playoffs began today, the Patriots would get a first-round bye. And we're probably looking at a, a divisional matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs at Gillette Stadium. And if the NFL officials don't screw them over like they did last week in Week 14, then the Patriots will probably they will probably be going to another AFC championship. And wouldn't that be something? That would be something that nobody wants, outside of New New England, that is. Nobody outside of New England wants the Patriots to get to the AFC Championship again, ever again. They want the Patriots' dynasty to go down in flames. So whenever there is something that these people who want the Patriots' dynasty to go down in flames, who want to see the Patriots get caught cheating, whenever there's something that they can latch onto that gives them fuel to their Patriots' hate and fire. They will latch onto it and they will turn it into something that it's not. Right? You got people on national TV, national media members, people who are supposed to get paid the big bucks to be analysts, to sit there and, and not just entertain you, but entertain you with logical thoughts based on facts. Yeah, you can give your opinion. Yeah, you can come up with conspiracy theories, but man. Try to keep it somewhat realistic because you are getting paid to give information to a whole lot of people. Right? And you got people on TV who are saying, ah, oh, Bill Belichick, you know, he he's gotta go. Like this is one too many times they get caught cheating. Well, did they get caught cheating? Getting caught, the phrase getting caught in this situation with the Cincinnati Bengals spygate. It's Getting caught is such a strong phrase. What actually happened? And I wrote a column in today's Boston Metro, and the headline to the column is simple. Common sense tells us that the Patriots were not cheating. Common sense tells us that the Patriots were not spying on the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just common sense. And I told you on the live stream on Tuesday which I put into podcast form, audio form. If you didn't get to watch it on YouTube, you could still watch it on YouTube, but you could listen to it on, on this podcast feed as well. Uh, I think I'll be posting the audio of that live stream on this podcast feed a little more moving forward. For people who miss the video version of people who just don't use YouTube, I know there's some people that just subscribe to this podcast, and uh, the, the only way they listen to me is when new shows pop up on this podcast feed, so I think I'll be uploading them for you. But anyways, what I told you on Tuesday was I want people to use just for once, I want people to start using some logic. Just use some logic, use some common sense, and ask yourself this question Did the Patriots did the Patriots really need to spy on the 1 in 12 Cincinnati Bengals? Do they? Do they? Do the Patriots need to spy on the 1-12 Cincinnati Bengals? It's an honest question, and I want you to give an honest answer. If you're being honest about it, if you're using logic, if you're using common sense, the answer to that question from everybody should be, no, the Patriots don't have to spy on the 1-12 Cincinnati Bengals. They don't. And the Bengals' record does matter, by the way. And here's why it matters. I've had some people on Twitter saying, oh, it doesn't, the Bengals' record doesn't matter. You know, they could still be doing this. The Bengals record doesn't matter. Well, I, I, I disagree. I think the Bengals record here does matter. Why? Because in this specific situation, where the Patriots are playing the Bengals this week, in week 15, and the Bengals are 1-12, it matters because you also have to go back to the history of the Patriots spying on the Jets' sideline in 2007, or at least filming their sideline. And you know how they feel about that. Bill Belichick said it in the Deflate Gate press conference a couple years ago when he said, Look, everybody in the arena can film the sideline. All right? We just did it from a place you weren't supposed to be doing it. But every, we everybody, everybody's doing it. All right? We didn't feel like we were doing anything different than anybody else. Um, but but anyways, knowing the punishment there, right? Which was what was it, five hundred thousand? Belichick got fined five hundred thousand, and they lost the first round pick the following year. You look at that punishment. You look at all the other stuff they've been accused of. All the scandals. And I'm putting up the air quotes on my fingers. The scandals, right? The are cheating. <laughs> um, if you're the Patriots, you do need... Even though it all is so blown out of proportion, and it is all so exaggerated, and it is a lot of people that want the Patriots to get caught doing stuff, that want the Patriots dynasty to burn to the ground, you still have to acknowledge the history of accusations, you still have to acknowledge what is legal and what is illegal. You still have to know that you can't just set up a camera in the press box. And based on the history of accusations and even what you've been punished for back in 2007, you still have to have that self-awareness to go, hey, we can't do this like this if we're going to do this. And again, this is me. I'm trying to use common sense here. I'm trying to use common sense. The for, the for the Patriots to spy on the Cincinnati Bengals and to do it the way that everybody's telling us it went down with the videographer in the press box in the first row with a video camera set up on a tripod, just hitting record, pointing it at the Bengals' sideline, pointing that camera to the field, hitting record, and letting it play for what? 8, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes? I don't know. How long do you want to say? The Athletic reported that it was eight minutes. But I'll get to why that's an exaggeration as well. People are getting crazy about that when they shouldn't. I'll explain that in a minute. But I'm telling you, the Bengals' record matters because you play them the following week, and to do it in the fashion that the Patriots recorded this, you know, recorded the field and got this video, it's blatantly obvious you are risking way too much to get really no reward. Like, the risk is way too high. And the reward, there isn't even a reward. Because the Bengals are 1-12. What's the reward there? It, it's nowhere close to the risk. The risk is way too high. The Patriots are not spying on the Cincinnati Bengals they certainly not taking that type of risk in the fashion that they're being accused of spying on the Bengals. Like, let's all try to use some logic here. I get what people want. People want the Patriots to get caught red-handed. Oh, they're doing it again. They're stubborn. Bill's being Bill. Belichick's being Belichick. You know, he's going to go out and steal his signals any way he can. He doesn't care about the rule book. They should kick him out of the league. This, these are things that these people want. It's, we live in a world right now where in sports, in politics, any type of news, it's all opinions. It's all hot takes, right? Like, it's very rare that you can turn on the TV or the radio or a show and you can just get facts, straight facts. It's very rare. Even shows that, that make it look like they're giving you facts, it's not factual. Stuff is exaggerated. They make it look like a fact, but it's not a fact. It's based on an opinion that is exaggerated based on some type of bias that that the person who created this fact, this exaggerated fact, has. There's a bias there. And there's a lot of bias against the Patriots in the sports media world. Most of it nationally. Nationally. There is some locally, you know, the media members who who hate the fact that Belichick never gives any information at these press conferences, unless it's Friday and you're asking about a punter from 1975. (laughs) They just hate that. You know, they deserve better. They're owed more than that. Belichick, if anything comes up, we are, you know, we're going to help burn this thing to the ground. Here he is, red-handed, spying on the Bengals. He's got the videotape. He's in the front row of the press box. They're doing it again, Craft Sports Productions. Man, it's just, it's foolish. It's foolish. I don't know. I have i have a little bit more respect for the Patriots and Belichick knowing that the Bengals are 1-12, knowing that the risk was stupidly high that you're taking if you're actually going about it this way to to steal something, to get some type of edge on the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it's in this game or next season. Like, you're doing it in a blatantly obvious fashion that's so obvious to me, where there's so much risk based on the obvious fashion that, that you're getting this film. There's so much risk, it outweighs the reward to a point where there's no reward and the risk is so high that it would be the dumbest thing I have ever seen in the history of sports for an organization to do it the way the Patriots are being accused that they did. Last weekend. And again, you know the story by now. The videographer was following a Patriots advanced scout. The advanced scout for a series, a web series called Do Your Job. And this episode was following this advanced scout. So obviously they go to the game that, that, that he's at which is scouting the Bengals, who the Patriots play the following week. And I think, the, honestly, what happened was exactly what the Patriots statement said. This videographer who has no ties to uh, the football side of things, right? There's no, no ties to football operations. Um, strictly somebody that was brought in to film this. And when you're filming the advanced scout. Well, you want some footage of what the advanced scout is looking at, don't you? Now, the way they should have gone about it is, let's get some video from the NFL, from this game that we can get, the, you know, that we can toss in. We can, we can get that, that footage to toss into the show. Instead, what this videographer did was, he decided to set up shop and for a little bit start recording the field. Which included the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. This tape was confiscated because the Bengals officials saw it and said, What the hell's going on here? The Bengals actually sat there and videotaped this kid. Vide- There's tape of the tape. There's videotape of the videographer filming the field. And the NFL's all over it. The NFL's investigating. Roger Goodell talked yesterday on Wednesday, and, uh, you know, there were league meetings. Goodell said, The investigation is going to go on. We got to make sure we get it right and there's going to be he made it sound like we're not going to get a decision on any type of punishment this season like it could linger through the playoffs and into the off season I don't know I don't know but I think if you want to look at this logically the videographer messed up this videographer messed up he shouldn't have done this but I honestly think It was as simple as this videographer has no idea what's going on, doesn't know the history of Spygate, doesn't know the NFL rules. And it's so blatantly obvious that I think he knew so little of the NFL rules and the history of the Patriots and the history of the accusations that he just didn't even think twice about the fact that he was doing something wrong. And people will say, well, why didn't the advanced scout who saw him do it? Like, why didn't? Why didn't he jump in and say anything? Well, I don't know. Maybe the advanced scout thinks this is an episode on me. Here's what this kid's doing. Like, that's not my job. That's his job. I'm doing my job. He's just, he's just following me around. I'm not the lead production guy for this show. I don't know what's going on. I'm just doing my job. I'm scouting the Bengals. This kid with the video camera that I don't even know is going to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. And the kid was filming. And when people go, well, why was he filming for for eight to ten minutes? Why was he filming for for whatever it was? It could have been an hour. It could have been the whole game. And you know what I'll say to that? As somebody who has done video work just with an iPhone for YouTube, I can tell you that the more footage you get at the time, the better. When you're filming something and, and you need it, to go back to the studio and back to a computer and put it all together, you the less time that you spend worrying about what you get in that moment when you're filming, the better. The time that you spend, the time that you want to spend worrying and making those decisions in the video is when you get back to the computer, when you get back to the studio, when you load in that SD card or upload that video to, to your computer. Then the editing process begins. You don't want to get to that editing process and go, oh man, we didn't get enough footage of the game. Because you can't go back in time. And knowing you can't go back in time, the mindset of a videographer in that moment is like, we got one shot to get as much footage as we can so that when we get back to the studio to edit, we don't have to worry about not having enough footage. That's the last thing you want to worry about. The only worries and decision-making with the video and... You know, getting that extra footage, that fill of space, you know, those quick highlights, taking a look at what the advanced scout is scouting. This videographer, you got to get in his mind for a minute, man. People try to get in his mind and they're like, oh, he was talking to Ernie Adams and Bill Belichick and they put him up to this. Please. That's what you want to believe. That's what they want to believe. Right, And you know who these people are who want to believe it because they sit there all day for four hours a day on the radio or on TV and and they consider these options. They're like, well, what if Ernie Adams talked to this kid? Oh, man, well, why didn't the advanced scout say anything? It could be a simple process where, like, the advanced scout knew he was being followed around and really wasn't paying attention to him, was doing his job in scouting the Bengals. And the videographer had no clue about anything in the history of the NFL. He just knows he needs to put a story together. And when his mindset is, I need to put a story together, I'm filming the field. I can tell you that his mindset was, let's get as much footage as we can now. So that when I get back to the drawing board and get back to the editing studio, I don't have to sit there and go, oh shit, I didn't get enough footage. Because again, you can't go back in time. So the argument of how long was that video footage is ridiculous to me. It's ridiculous to me. You want more than eight minutes. You want more than 10 minutes. Give me a half hour of footage. I'd rather spend the time, the extra time at my computer editing 30 minutes of video where I have too much of it, but but I know that I at least have enough to make the decisions to make it work. I'd rather have that problem to have more video than get back to the studio, the editing studio, and get back to the computer and go... Shit, I only got five minutes of footage and it turns out, you know, three, of the, three minutes of that footage was, was TV timeouts and we really don't have anything. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Nobody can break it down and simplify it like that and use logic and use common sense because why? It's not the juicy story. Why? It doesn't bury the Patriots. Why? It doesn't burn the Patriots dynasty to the ground. It doesn't. People want them to be caught cheating. Again. They saw, some people saw this, antennas went up, and they said, ha, here we go. No way we believe him now. Oh, we don't believe him. We don't believe the Patriots. This videographer was not involved in football operations? Bullshit. Of course he was. He was probably with Ernie Adams before this game. He was probably texting with Ernie Adams during this situation. I mean, that's what people think. They've brainwashed themselves into believing that. And then they go on TV, radio, and they question all this stuff with that in their mind. And they turn it into something that it's not. Instead of just using simple logic and common sense. And what simple logic and common sense should tell you is that the New England Patriots are not risking that much to be that blatantly obviously cheating on the 1-12 and Cincinnati fucking Bengals. They're not. Man, but we gotta do it again. We always have to do this shit, right? Because people suck. They really do. They really do. People suck. We we live in the overreaction culture. I talk about it all the time. It's nonstop overreactions. It's these self-fulfilling prophecies that they have, and 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 it's it's in the political world, it's in the sports world, it's 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 always exaggerated, and I I get it. Like Entertainment has always been exaggerated since since it's begun. I understand that. Sports talk, TV, radio, it's always somewhat exaggerated, but it's just taken to a whole new level by people who take their opinions, exaggerations, and they turn them into facts, which turn minor, small-time situations, turn them into huge matters, turn them into scandals. And, like, I just don't want to do it anymore. Like, I just don't want to do Patriots spying, cheating scandals. It's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world, in the history of sports. It is. Even when you go back to 2007. Like, honestly, like, what? What was going on there? Was it that bad? Was it? Was it? Oh, man. And what's everybody else doing? Every, every other organization is just, they're so perfect and they play everything by the book and they never stretch the boundaries of the rules at all. Give me a fucking break, would you? But, you know, you these companies hire these people. Like ESPN, I watched a clip yesterday. I don't even know who the kid is. I tweeted it out, though. He's on the left side of the screen as you're watching it. Dan Levitard's in the middle. He's to the right of Dan don't. I honestly don't know who this dude is. But they're putting him on ESPN. Like, dude, you're on ESPN. You're in a very prominent spot right now where there are a lot of people watching and listening to you. So when you say something that's ridiculous, there are going to be a lot of people that believe you because they take ESPN seriously. This dude is sitting there going... Well, I went back and I watched the Do Your Job series like the journalist that I am. And what I saw was this series was a joke. And you could come up with the idea that perhaps they created this series just as a, as a way to disguise the fact that all they're really doing is stealing signals. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, you, ESPN lets this stuff on their TV. It's insane. That's insane. And, you know, I didn't get the, I don't think he was joking around. But that's, that's an example. The the example I gave on the, on the live stream on Tuesday was Diana Rossini, who's all over this story. And she's tweeting about. And again, it was reckless reporting from the beginning. Again, why was it reckless reporting? Because people heard Patriots video camera opposing sideline, and they connect those dots, and they go Patriots spying on their next team, on their next opponent. Patriots Spygate get caught again. It's dangerous. It's reckless. Didn't stop Diana Rossini from speculating two hours before she was speculating on this. There was a tweet that she was tweeting about. Tom Brady talking to Odell Beckham Jr. after the Patriots-Cleveland game at Gillette Stadium in Week 8. And she was reacting to Odell Beckham Jr.'s and and all his talk about his injuries and they're having a situation with uh, the Cleveland organization, how he should have had surgery before the season and there's drama with Cleveland and how it doesn't look like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be staying in Cleveland. And Diana Rossini, two hours before all this patriots bengals stuff that she's reporting and speculating on, She's tweeting about speculation that Brady, when talking to Odell Beckham Jr. after the game, wasn't talking about Giselle or Uggs. What did you think they were talking about? Dot, dot, dot. That's what she says. Speculating on what two people were talking about. Like, you're a reporter for ESPN. That's reckless. That's reckless. Um... But you wanted that drama. She wanted. She wants Odell Beckham Jr. drama with the Patriots, right? She wants all that. Eventually, if, if that were true, you know what they would want? They would want tampering. They would want, oh, Patriots tampered with Odell Beckham. That's what they would want. They would imply that. They would speculate that. They would speculate speculation, reckless reporting. It's happening again with the Spygate situation with the Cincinnati Bengals, but it really just is a common sense, logical, just harmless situation that obviously could make somebody curious based on the history of accusations and the Spygate that happened before. But man, it is a whole lot different when you consider what the Patriots were actually doing with this videographer, With the web series on the website, you're doing it from the press box in front of everybody. It's so blatantly obvious. You really think the Patriots are spying on the Bengals right in front of everybody? Do you? There's no way you honestly could believe that. Unless you want to believe it. Unfortunately, a lot of people want to believe it. And so they've turned it into not just believing it, but twisting it into a fact. The Patriots were spying on another team. So let's talk about it the rest of the season, right? I tell you what, Belichick must have been pissed, one. Two, he is getting more bulletin ball material. And if there's anything that the Patriots could use this season because their offense is struggling so much, they could use bulletin board material. And they're going to get it. Oh, they, I mean, they're getting it. They're going to get it. They're getting it with this. They're getting it with the fact that everybody is just throwing the bouquets at Lamar Jackson. Uh, they're getting it because they're the, the two seed now and and the ref screwed them last weekend. Uh, there's all this talk about Tom Brady. There's renewed talk on his future. And, um... They're gonna get the ball material. So uh, maybe the rest of the league should actually be scared about this. Should be scared about this Spygate stuff. But it is, you know, it pisses me off because it's just like the last thing I even wanna. I don't even like mentioning the the phrase Spygate. It's I hate it. I hate it. I mean, we did it. I did it last year in baseball when I I reported on the Houston Astros getting caught spying on the Red Sox. I do do think it's a whole lot different. They they got caught. Their goal and their purpose and intent was to spy on the team and steal signals from the team they were playing in the playoffs, in that series, and they did it the series before. The Patriots are not risking everything to get no advantage over a team that doesn't even want to win. The Bengals are one and twelve, so the record does matter because the risk is so much greater than the reward. I could see if they would, if they were filming this, you know, against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, then maybe you got, maybe you got something, right? But the risk to do it this way is so far greater than the reward of getting anything from the Cincinnati Bengals who don't even want to win. Common sense should tell you the Patriots are not cheating on the Bengals. They're not cheating. They're not spying on the Bengals. And and that's that's as simple as it should be. But unfortunately, I am one of the few who will speak to you with some common sense and try to use logic when forming an opinion based on the facts. There are not many people that like to do that and it's a huge problem in our world like it's a huge problem in our world not just in sports but just you know as a society like it is a huge problem people who just do not dish out factual information in the media and they spin things based on their biases and based on the you know these these beliefs and, and what they want to 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 be true And people want the Patriots to get caught cheating again. And if they want the Patriots to get caught cheating again and they see a story like this, they can easily, based on the history of accusations, turn it into this Patriots with spying and cheating again. And that's what they've done. And all I'm telling you is, you know, you got to try to use your brain and use some common sense and use some logic. Don't overreact. And, you know, don't just start tweeting people because you're just all fired up and giddy because this is a big story. People get giddy, too. They hear a big story. They see controversy. And they get legit excited about that, whether they agree or not. And then they start playing devil's advocate, too, on Twitter. And it's just a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing. But um, that's where we stand. And now the Patriots play the Bengals on Sunday. And the Patriots should win by two touchdowns, right? And, and when they do... There'll be people going, oh, what did they, oh, the Patriots offense hasn't looked good at all the last couple of weeks, and now it does. Oh, what did they get on Cincy last week in the press box? And these people will be idiots because the Cincinnati Bengals, it's in their best interest to lose this game to the Patriots. It's in their best interest to lose their final three games of the season because if the season ended today, Cincinnati gets the number one overall pick. Cincinnati has way more incentive to lose this game against the Patriots than they do to win. And the risk for the Patriots to spy on the 1-12 Bengals is far greater than any reward that they would get out of that, whether it's now, next year, or for the year after. Please, I know it's a new coaching staff and you want to try to get the dirt on what they're doing on the sidelines well you know if you really wanted to do that based especially on the fact that you got caught before all you gotta do is buy a ticket sit at the 50 yard line pull out a couple iPhones and start filming everything that's going on on the Bengals sideline that's all you gotta do but some of you idiots out there can't comprehend that I say this all the time They think these guys are dumb. They think Belichick is an idiot. They think Tom Brady is stupid. Do we honestly believe that Tom Brady is going to... Like, if I have to hear another person, if I have to hear another person tell me that Tom Brady is going to play for the Chargers next year, Uh, really? You think that Tom Brady's going to play for the Chargers next year? Stop it. You can't believe that. If you believe that, you think he's an idiot. You think he's an idiot? What weapons do the Chargers have that the Patriots can't get Tom Brady? Like what? What's your reasoning for that? You think Tom Brady doesn't want to win anymore? And and I know things can end ugly and things can end certain ways, but man, if I have to hear another person with that theory that Tom Brady is going to play for the Chargers next year out of all organizations, that's what you're giving me? They think Tom Brady's an idiot. He would be an idiot to make that move. He would be dumb. Tom Brady's not dumb. Tom Brady is probably one of the smartest people that anyone who's covered sports has ever covered. But yet they don't cover him like that. (laughs) Why? Because they don't use logic or common sense. They jump to conclusions based on the biases or based on the beliefs that they have or what they want to believe. And they overreact. And they exaggerate. And they turn everything into something that it's not. And it's up and down this entire Patriots organization. All right? And... I've just I, I'm tired of it. I'm like we when are we ever gonna get to enjoy it? And it's this could maybe this is not for Tom Brady. Like maybe he's gonna retire. I don't rule that out. I think chances are if Brady is not playing for the Patriots next year, chances are it's because he has retired. He's called to quits. He's hung them up. I think that's the best bet. I still think he's back. I still think he's back. I think they find a way. I think he, I think he comes back. I think Kraft will step in and say. You want to play still? Okay, you're going to play here. What do you want? I think that's going to happen. And anything that you hear from here on out, don't rule out the fact that Tom Brady might be using a media member or two in order to try to get his negotiation out there, right? He wouldn't be the first person to use a media member or two, even if it's a respected media member. And that media member who's well-respected might know that he's being used, but doesn't care because at the end of the day, it's all about getting those hits, getting those page views, getting those downloads, getting those views. That's all, getting the ratings. That's all it is. That reporter might think he's getting used, might know he's getting used, but why would you care if you're the reporter? I know I wouldn't in that situation. Tom Brady? Tom, let me know what message you want to send to the public. I'll help you out. You know? you just make sure you're gonna write the book with me when we're writing the book you write it with me I get that book a tell- all you got me and you me and you Tommy me and you TB12 that'll be the biggest money maker we've ever had either one of us the Tom Brady tell-all book I mean I'm just telling you that if this is it for the for the for Tom Brady in New England, or in football at all. I just want to enjoy it. But now we got to. live, I got got Kellerman, I got Shannon Shop. anybody else? Is Rob Parker around? Who's the other kid, Nick Wright? I got this other boob on ESPN yesterday next to Dan Lebitard talking about conspiracy theories. Like, can you let me just enjoy... Can you let me enjoy something? Let me enjoy the Patriots. Let me enjoy Tom Brady's career with the Patriots. Just once. We can't do it. They won't let us do it. We got to talk about the bullshit. We got to talk about exaggerated bullshit 24-7, 365 with this fucking team, and it sucks. Because it will go down as the greatest dynasty in the history of sports based on all factors involved. The sport, the salary cap. The, the time that, that these guys are playing, where athletes are so big and strong and fast, do you factor all of it in? The Patriots have been able to manage the the and keep up the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. And yet all we've done this entire time is have to deal with exaggerated bullshit nonsense because people want the dynasty to end. <sighs> I tell you, I... I when Brady's done, when Belichick's done, we're going to look back and go, I can't believe we listened to all those assholes who were trying to just pump out nonsense all the time. Seth Wickersham. What's Seth Wickersham doing? Does that guy still have a job? Does he? Does he? Because that report was garbage. Okay? that re- You want to talk about an exaggeration of the facts? Does anybody ever go... I went back a couple months ago and looked at the Seth Wickersham report. It was exactly what I called it at the time. An exaggeration of the facts. Uh, The Patriots organization was ready to crumble from within. This was the last we were going to see of Brady, Belichick, and Kraft together. They went to two Super Bowls since that report. And... I remember Seth Wickersham was on SportsCenter. He was, like, sitting there talking to Jameel Hill. Remember when they had that SportsCenter show? Which was brutal. Um, And it was Seth Wickersham. Uh, the worst segment in, in all, uh, maybe the history of, of segments on ESPN. Where Seth Wickersham's trying to explain his report. And, and just not acknowledging the fact that the Patriots are on their way to going to another Super Bowl. But yet the sky's falling. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. A lot of it doesn't make sense because they're not using common sense, they're not using logic. I try to do that. I do. I know sometimes it comes off as me being a fanboy, this, that, and the other thing, but I've, I, I've criticized this, this team. I've criticized the Patriots before, many times for the most part, with these scandals, like with Deflategate and with this, and I say scandals, you know, that's what they call it. You know, this time, those times I've I've defended the Patriots. But even Deflategate, I'm like, I, do I think Brady had somebody take some air out of the footballs? I've always said, like, yeah, I actually, I could see that happening. But based on the facts, using logic, use, using the fact that the officials were pumping pumping the footballs up on Tom Brady to be over the PSI level to the point where Tom Brady, he stormed in with the rule book, didn't he? He's like, guys, you've inflating the footballs over what they're what they're supposed to be. What's going on? Like, so, if you use common sense and logic, you're like, hey, it's actually not that big of a deal. Um... So with all this stuff, though, I know I sound like this big Patriots fanboy, and 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 whatever, I've criticized them before. Like I've crit—I I criticized Brady. I remember the last time I criticized Brady was I criticized him hard after Edelman got caught with PEDs, and he was working out with Guerrero, and then Brady the way he answered questions after that, storming out off the podium or storming out of that media session like a ten-year-old girl, like stomping, stomping her feet saying, I didn't do anything wrong. When like that reaction tells me like, yeah, that was a weird reaction. You know what I mean? Like I criticize him for that. You got to answer those questions. But there's a lot of stuff I've criticized him for. So I'm not sitting there every day with the Patriots pom poms. Like some people might like to think just because they hear me continue to defend the Patriots in situations like this. I'm just defending the Patriots in situations like this that is so ridiculous to other people. That become ridiculous in other people's eyes. Where they spew this garbage. And twist the facts into something that they want to believe. And something they want to be true. When if you actually break it down for what it is. It's like it's actually not that big a deal. If you use your fucking brain, you'll figure that out. A lot of people don't want to use their brains. In order to figure it out. So that's why I'm here trying to do that with you. Anyways. Um... I, didn't, I wasn't prepared to to go that long on Spygate, so I'm sorry that I went overboard on you because I did do it on Tuesday as well during the live stream, which, again, you also get uh, uh, on this podcast feed. But man, it is one thing after another with this organization. I just want to enjoy it. You know, and now the offense is struggling. It's like, what's it going to look like here moving forward? You got three games left. You, you got to win all three if you're the Patriots because you got to assume Kansas City's going to win out. And if Kansas City wins out, they'll be 12 and 4. And they hold the head to head tiebreaker now over the Patriots because they beat the Patriots last week. So if you've got to assume Kansas City wins out and ends the season 12 and 4, well, you've got to have more than, than 12 wins if you're the Patriots. You've got to have 13. Or you'll lose a tiebreaker and you'll be knocked out of a first round bye. So if you're the Patriots, if you assume Kansas City wins out, then you also have to win out in order to get a first round bye. If you get some help with Baltimore losing two of their last three, you know, then that that that's for another time. Is that impossible? Based on what we know in the NFL, this being a stupid league, it's not impossible. It's unlikely. Um Patriots got to win out though. Is my point. They got to get to 13 and 3. They're in Cincinnati, then they're at home against Buffalo, and then they're at home against Miami. The Buffalo game's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, that that Buffalo game is not going to be easy. Buffalo's in a dogfight for playoff spot. They got flexed the Sunday night football this week against Pittsburgh. If Buffalo wins, they get a playoff spot. But nothing's guaranteed to them if Pittsburgh beats them, because right up there behinds, you got Tennessee on the outside looking in at eight and five. You got Cleveland still alive. By the way, though, Cleveland, Cleveland should be rooting for Buffalo to beat Pittsburgh. To battle for six seed because Cleveland needs to win out at six and seven and get a whole lot of help. You know it's it's unlikely Cleveland gets in, but mathematically they're still alive. But my point is Buffalo is playing. They're playing for the five seed. And you know even if they beat Pittsburgh on Sunday night, and they get the ten wins, um, you know I. You still got to keep... The Buffalo still has to keep playing to get the five seed and not the six seed. So, Buffalo... My point is Buffalo will be playing for something in two weeks. If you're the Patriots, you got to win out. Cincy, Buffalo, Miami, it's doable. I think it's likely they will win out. But we'll still have questions after these three games about the offense. So, we got questions and issues anyways. And you add this new Spygate situation to the mix. And it's just a whole lot of bullshit that I really... Man, like... Trying to enjoy a team that's going to probably get to the AFC Championship again. And we just can't do it. We can't do it. And it sucks. But that's where we're at. Um, week 15. It will begin. Thursday night football. Baltimore hosting the Jets. Baltimore is a 16.5 point favorite in this one. 16.5 point favorite. At home. Hosting the Jets. Week 15 will end on Monday Night Football with New Orleans hosting Indy. New Orleans an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Colts in New Orleans. And the Sunday Night Football game of the week is what I just said. Pittsburgh hosting Buffalo. Pittsburgh a two-point favorite. Uh, This one was flexed into Sunday Night Football. The original Sunday Night Football game was supposed to be Minnesota in L.A. against the Chargers, but the Chargers have been eliminated, so NBC's like, we don't want that one. We'll take the we'll take a game that's basically a playoff game between Buffalo and Pittsburgh. It's a good call. It's a good game. I will be watching that. We'll be watching that. Um, that's week 15. And as I told you, here in New England, we are focused on the Patriots in Cincinnati. Patriots a 9.5-point favorite. Though I did look at the Patriots' spread next week against Buffalo. Patriots already a 6.5-point favorite next week versus the Bills at Gillette Stadium. Patriots six and a half point favorite there. I told you, clinching scenarios. What are they? Here are the teams that could clinch. Well, the teams that have already clinched something. Baltimore clinched the playoff berth last week. Kansas City clinched their division, beating the Patriots last week. Um, Then you got New Orleans. They were the first team to clinch anything. They clinched their division in week 13, two weeks ago. So those are the teams that have clinched something. Here are the teams that can clinch something in Week 15. Baltimore can clinch their division with a win. With a win. Over the Jets. And they'll get that. They'll probably get that. They win and they get the division. Or they can clinch the division if Pittsburgh loses to Buffalo. One or the other. But I think Baltimore will beat the Jets, so they'll probably clinch the AFC North. Uh, Baltimore can clinch a first-round bye with a win and a Patriots loss. A win and... A Kansas City loss and then a tie and a Kansas City loss. So we'll, we'll just we won't talk about the ties. Baltimore can get a first Baltimore's gonna get a first round bye. So we know they're gonna clinch that. Even if it's not this week, they'll do it the week after or the week after that. Um Baltimore can clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs, so they can clinch the one seed with a win and a Patriots loss and a Kansas City loss. Kansas City plays Denver. If Baltimore beats the Jets, the Patriots lose to Cincinnati, and that it's that's not going to happen. So we that's so Bal- Baltimore is not going to get um, home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs with that. It's just not. That's not going to happen. Um, though is that right? Baltimore wins, Patriots lose. Yeah, yeah. If the Patriots lose and Baltimore wins, Baltimore gets number one seed. All right, but that's not going to happen this week. We'll move on. Buffalo, they can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Pittsburgh. So win if you're in if you're Buffalo. Patriots, as we know, once again, can clinch a playoff berth with the win. Win and get in. in. We know they're going to get in. Over in the NFC, Green Bay can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Rams loss. Green Bay plays Chicago, and the Rams are in Dallas. So that's Green Bay. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Rams loss. San Francisco can clinch a playoff berth with a win or with a Rams loss or with a Minnesota and a Green Bay loss. We'll just say with a win for San Fran. I don't think those other things are going to happen. They play Atlanta. They should beat Atlanta. They should clinch a playoff berth. That's San Francisco. And then finally, Seattle can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a Rams loss. A win and a Minnesota loss. A win and a Green Bay loss and a Minnesota tie. It is just a lot of stuff there. Minnesota needs to win and get some help to clinch a playoff spot. So those are the clinching scenarios for Week 15 in the NFL, which brings me to Picks Picks that I give every <laughs> single Thursday on this show, five games against the spread. Let's do it. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week 15 in the NFL presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C, that's promo code PICK, P-I-C at DraftKings.com. Pick number one. I told you in the intro of the show, I'm feeling great about my picks this week. There have not been many times in this NFL season that I've told you I feel great about my picks, but this is one of those weeks I feel great about my picks. So, let's do it. Pick number one. I got the Patriots minus nine and a half over the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is in Cincinnati Sunday at 1 o'clock. It is on CBS. Um, I don't assume we're getting uh, Nance and Romo, right? They're not going to do the Patriots-Bengals game. though with the new Spygate allegations uh maybe they do make their way down for this one knowing that a lot of people are going to be interested to see what dirt the Patriots got on the Bengals sideline filming them last week give me a break I already told you on this show we should be done with this spy gate the Patriots please use some common sense they were not spying on the 1 and 12 Cincinnati Bengals the Bengals have the number one pick in the draft if the season ended today There's no incentive for the Bengals to win any game in their final three. They want to lose out. Get that? They want to lose out. They're not going to tell you that. They might not even try to show you that. But deep down inside, that's what the Bengals organization wants, is hoping for, and is praying for. Cincinnati wants to lose. They want the number one overall pick. Do you blame them? I don't. So here's what's going to happen. The Patriots are going to snap a two-game losing skid by going to Cincinnati, and whooping the Bengals, and they don't need video footage from the press box the week before to make that happen. The Patriots win this game by two touchdowns. They're 10 and three, at least two touchdowns. They're 10 and three. There's a 0% chance they lose. The only question is do they cover? And like I told you, they'll cover because they'll win by two touchdowns. The spread's only nine and a half. Um, when it comes to the spread, the Patriots <laughs> haven't covered a spread since what? Week 11. A 17-10 win over Philly, and I think the spread was like with six. Like they just, they just barely covered, right? Um, so they haven't covered a spread since week 11. They've lost two straight. You got Spygate. They're the two seed in the AFC. With a win, they get in the playoffs. There's just a lot of bulletin ball material. There's a lot of reasons for the rest of the league to be scared of the Patriots right now, even though the offense is struggling. This could be a game, though, where they figure some things out. It should be a game where Mohamed Sanu maybe figures some things out and does something for the Patriots' offense for once. It's against his old team, the Bengals, the team that drafted him. Is this the game that we go, there it is, Brady to Sanu. That's a difference maker. That's going to open some things up for Julian Edelman, which is going to open even more dump-offs to Jimmy White underneath. Is this the game? We'll see. Either way, the Patriots punt-blocking unit will probably help the Patriots... (laughs) To win this game by two touchdowns, they will. They'll cover. Give me the Patriots minus nine and a half over Cincinnati on Sunday at one o'clock. Then I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, a two and a half point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals. This game is Sunday at four o five in Arizona. Both teams are under five hundred, but only one of these two teams is still alive in the playoff race, and that's Cleveland at six and seven they've won four of their last five games there is some drama with the odell beckham jr situation he's injured baker mayfield was talking about it saying you know baker mayfield basically crushed his own medical staff saying you know odell should have had they should have made him have the surgery you know before the season whatever the case may be from the outside looking in it doesn't feel like cleveland is all in on this moving forward But results are results. And like I told you, Cleveland has won four of their last five. They got to win this game. All right. They don't control their own destiny because they could win out. Since uh, the Cleveland Browns could win out, get to 9 and 7, finish 9 and 7, and they still might not get in, they need some help. They should be rooting for Buffalo to beat Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football. That will help Cleveland stay alive for the sixth seed. But my point is, the Browns know that they have to win out. They certainly know they have to beat this Arizona Cardinals team, which has the worst pass defense in all of football, allowing almost 300 pass yards per game. Baker Mayfield, he's got a late-season flair for the dramatic. I expect him to win this game in Arizona. Even if it's close, even if it's a three-point win, they cover at minus minus two and 2.5. Give me the Browns minus 2.5 over the Cardinals Sunday. At 4:05, Then I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. A one-point dog over the LA Rams. And I picked this game knowing that the league is a stupid league. Every once in a while I give you this pick where it's like, eh, it's a dumb league. This shouldn't happen based on what we've seen the last couple weeks. But because it's a stupid league, it probably will. And just when you think you've got this league figured out, something happens. We're like, we don't know anything. That's what this game's going to be. Just when you think you got the league figured out, the Cowboys are going to beat the Rams. The Rams look pretty good right now, don't they? Uh, they're 8-5. and five. They've won two straight. They're coming off a huge win over the Seattle Seahawks, which I did pick the Rams to, to win that game. And that's another one I said, just when you think you know the league, the Rams are going to beat a Seattle team that looks great, that just, just bounced up into the two-seed in the NFC. Rams beat them, knocked the Seahawks back down to a wild-card spot. Rams look great because of that. They're still on the outside looking in at the playoffs, though, if the playoffs began today. So you would think they're not going to lose to Dallas. Dallas is six and seven. Dallas has lost three straight. Everybody's questioning Jason Garrett. Uh, then you know it just doesn't look good with the Cowboys. There's a lot of controversy there. Uh, they just look like you know they're trending downwards, and they're not going to make the playoffs, and that's it. Well, even though they're six and seven, they're still in first place in the division, which gives them the four seed in the NFC if the playoffs began today. So. This is a must-win for both teams. And I expect Dallas to snap out of whatever funk they're in. And I think they'll do it at home. And and... Again, it's in Dallas. It's a 425 kickoff. Um, And I'm looking at the playoffs, and I know this is going to sound weird to some people, especially who've watched the Cowboys struggle as of late. It's going to sound weird. But if the Cowboys get into the tournament... I think, and and they can get their coach to get his head out of his ass. I do think the Cowboys can be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. But you got to get in; it's a must-win. You got to win this game. A lot of people will probably think the Rams will win based on how they've looked, but I'm gonna take Dallas at home. I think they snap out of their funk. I think they get back to 500. Give me the Cowboys plus one as a home dog over the Rams. Sunday at 425. I'm taking Dallas in that one. Then I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, a two-and-a-half-point dog over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this game is Sunday night football. I told you it got flexed to Sunday night football. And it was supposed to be Vikings charges, but since the Chargers have been eliminated, we get Pittsburgh hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are 9-4. and four. They can clinch a playoff berth with a win in this game. And that's all I need to know. I think, you know, I... Buffalo can clinch something. Pittsburgh can't. Buffalo, if they win, it's win and you're in. It's a battle between two young quarterbacks. You got Doc Hodges on one side with Pittsburgh, who's who's in the spotlight right now. A lot of positive publicity for him. And you got Josh Allen on the other side with the Buffalo Bills. Not a lot of publicity for Josh Allen. But if you look at Josh Allen, it's the things he's not doing. He's not throwing interceptions. And that's a great thing. Because if you're Buffalo, you got a great defense. You got a top five defense. You're on the road. You rely on that. Okay, Josh Allen. We're talking about a first round pick. Duck Hodges, he wasn't drafted, was he? I don't think so. Uh he's a he's a rookie. Josh Allen's a second year player, but Josh Allen's a first round pick. I think the Bills win this game. I think they're going to Pittsburgh. They rely on their defense. I think it's a low-scoring affair. I think it's a close one. But I'm taking the two-and-a-half points because I think the Bills will win a close one. If they win, they cover as a dog on the road. Give me Buffalo. Plus two-and-a-half to win and clinch a playoff berth on Sunday night football. And then my lock of the week, I am taking the Houston Texans. A three-point dog over the Tennessee Titans. The Texans are eight-and-five. And last week was embarrassing for them. I did get this right, though. Kind of. Houston, think about it this way. They, they beat the Patriots two weeks ago. And then after they beat the Patriots, they lose to the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are not in playoff contention. They're eliminated. Well, actually, mathematically, the 5-8 and eight Broncos is still alive. But I think we all know they're not getting in. You can't beat the Patriots one week. Have people talking about, well, maybe they're a contender to come out of the AFC and then lose to the Broncos. I didn't think they'd lose to the Broncos, but what I got right was I took the points in that game last week. I took Denver plus nine, and I got that right. Taking the Broncos plus nine. I just didn't think Broncos would win the game. They did. So Houston now is eight and five. If the playoffs begin today, they're the fourth seed in the AFC. But, I mean, they have the same record as Tennessee. So now they're in a dogfight for the division. And... This game is Sunday at 1. It's in Tennessee. But I just think that Houston, top to bottom, is a much more dangerous team. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, look, you can't deny what the Titans are doing, right? Titans are 8-5. and five. They've won four straight. But still, this pick is easy for me. It's a bounce-back win for Houston. They have more weapons. They're more dangerous. I know it's on the road. But, man, they're an underdog in this one. Eh, an underdog? Houston should feel disrespected. I'm taking the Texans plus three. It's my lock of the week. They bounced back after a terrible loss to the Denver Broncos. I think Houston is much more of a team that beat the Patriots than the other team that lost to the Broncos. That was a letdown game. They put their guard down. They got punched in the mouth. Well, they got punched in the mouth. You learn your lesson. You go into a divisional battle in Tennessee against a Titans team that's won four straight, and you smack them in the mouth. Houston wins this game, so they obviously covered a three-point spread, and that's my lock of the week. So my picks... Week 15. I'm taking New England minus nine and a half, Cleveland minus two and a half, Dallas plus one, Buffalo plus two and a half, and my lock of the week, Houston plus three. Picks, picks presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code pick PIC, promo code PIC, P-I-C at DraftKings.com. So uh, that's what we got. Those are the picks. That's NFL Week 15 in a nutshell. Pretty much all you need to know. Um, I told you I would close out the show with some thoughts on Major League Baseball because the winter meetings taking place this week in San Diego, and there are some big moves being made. Uh, Just contract signings. And these contract signings do affect or, or possibly could affect what the Red Sox do here moving forward. But the three big signings this week. Huge signings. Here they are. One, you got Steven Strasberg returning to Washington on a seven-year, $245 million deal. $245 million for Steven Strasburg over seven years. That's $35 million per year. Now, he's 31 years old. He turns 32 next season in July. Um, so usually I'd be like, hey, seven years is good, but seven years for a guy who's going to turn 32 in the first year of this deal, eh, that's a lot. I guess the only good thing you could say about Washington here is in this deal, this 245 mil, 80 million is in deferred money. And that deferred money, that 80 million, which is basically takes out $11.4 million per year. From the $35 million per year, $11.4 million of that is taken out, which then gets paid to him, a total of $80 million gets paid to Strasbourg after this contract ends from the years 2028 to 2030. So it's, uh, it's a little complicated, but let's just break it down this way. It's a seven-year, $245 million deal. It's $35 million average annual. Uh, he's currently 31, turns 32 next year. And you look at that and you go, well, David Price is making $32 mil over the next three years. So don't tell me that he's overpaid when you get someone like Strasburg making more per year than David Price and locked into a longer-term contract. And so you know, maybe this does continue to open the door and gets us closer to a David Price trade. Something that I told you I want to see happen. I want to see the Red Sox do that. I want to see them move his salary. Um, A a contract like this to Strasburg, I definitely think I I think it helps open the door. I definitely think it helps open the door to make that happen. But um, that's one. The other one, another one that helps open the door to a David Price trade, Garrett Cole Signs a nine-year, $324 million contract with the Yankees. $324 mil over nine years. Full no-trade clause. There's an opt-out after five years. That's $36 million a year for Garrett Cole for nine years. Now, he's 29 years old. He turns 30 at the end of next season, so they'll still have him at 29 years old through most of next season. Um, So... You know it's good that he's still 29, but still nine years is a lot, man. 36 million a year is a lot. That's the highest. (laughs) That's the highest average annual. Previously, the highest before that. Well, it was Strasbourg. No, it was it was Trout, 35.5 million a year. Well, now you got Garrett Cole, 36 million a year. But speaking of Trout, he's got a new teammate. This is the other big signing, Anthony Rendon. Signs a seven year, $245 million deal with the Angels. That's the same seven, that's the same numbers as the Strasbourg deal, only there's no deferred money in the Rendon deal. Rendon, seven years, $245 million with the Angels. So he's leaving Washington. He goes to LA from East Coast to the West Coast, um, you know, and he goes from the Nationals to the Angels. Seven years, $245 million. That's $35 million a year. It includes a full no trade clause no opt-outs. Rendon is 29. He turns 30 in June. Um so now it's funny when you look at the Angels. With Trout at 35 and a half million per year average annual and Rendon at 35 million per year average annual, the Angels now have the second and the third highest average annual salaries in all of baseball behind Garrett Cole. Those are the top three average annual. Derek Cole, 36 mil. Mike Trout, 35 and a half mil. Anthony Rendon, 35 mil. So, right there, the Angels have two, they have the second and third highest average annual salaries in baseball. Wow. That's something. So, uh, those are the big deals. And, and I asked the question, how does it affect the Red Sox and what their mindset is and what they could do? Well, I think it affects the Red Sox because, one, I mentioned David Price. You know, if Garrett Cole's making thirty six million mil a year and Strasburg's making thirty five million mil a year, you know, if there's a team that wants to start and pitch it in his 30s that, you know, wasn't going to give the seven, eight, nine years to somebody and keep somebody around till they're 38, 39 years old and they weren't going to pay someone thirty five million a year, well, they might be able to get the, the starting pitcher in his mid-30s for a little less than those guys for a shorter-term contract, yeah, they might have to trade something, but I do think there are going to be some teams that are like, man, we whiffed on Cole. Um, we whiffed on Strasburg. You know, we think Bumgarner is going to want just as much as those guys, if not more. And we it might be in our best interest to talk with the Red Sox about a David Price trade because Price is making less money for the next three years. Um, is only for three more years. It's not like he's gonna be an elderly man by the end of the contract. I mean, the rest of his contract, he'll be thirty four, thirty five, and thirty six years old. So it's not you know it's almost better that hey we're not gonna have Garrett Cole or Strasburg till they're thirty eight, thirty nine years old. We're only gonna have David Price to he's... And so, I think those moves now might open the door for some team that whiffed on those guys to say, well, maybe the better deal is to trade with the Red Sox. And maybe we could talk the Red Sox in to add in a younger piece to that trade and we end up getting a better deal in a trade with the Red Sox than we would have if we signed one of those pitches in Cole and Strasburg and maybe got handcuffed with those huge contracts in seven, eight, nine years from now. So, I I think that these contracts do make it possible and make it, I think it gets people thinking more about trading for David Price. And even the fans that were tweeting at me that were saying, you can't move Price's contract. I think now even those people have to look at it and go, eh. you know what, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't trade Price's contract. Do you have to add someone into a trade? Yeah, you might. And I've told you, like, if you want to throw in a Ben Attendee, you know, you could do that. If it means having another team take on all that contract or if you just want to trade price like if the Dodgers sit there and go Bumgarner if he wants the world on a 10-year deal and we're just not giving it to him we're not going to be locked in a Bumgarner for 10 years so and and I I don't think he'll be asking for that but I'm exaggerating for the purpose of this argument which is like if Bumgarner is asking for a crazy amount A team like the Dodgers might say, well, let's just try to prospect the two that we don't... That, you know, it's a prospect. Let's try to prospect the two to the Red Sox and just take Price's contract. And we'll be adding another starting pitcher. That's got the whole postseason thing. You know, he's he's got that monkey off his back. You know, let's bring Price in. I think you could see that. I think you could. I think you could see something like that happen. Now, with Rendon... This is interesting because you got to look at that $35 million a year. Here's the deal. I need to know what Mookie Betts wants. People are on Twitter. They're saying Mookie wants this, that, the other thing. You know how you find out if you're the Red Sox? You make him an offer. And don't tell me the Red Sox have made him a legitimate offer because if they did and he said no, it would be in the globe the next day. Okay? It would. Or someone would get it. The Red Sox would leak that out. And their strategy might not even be to leak it to the globe. Because then it would look a little too dirty. And then maybe you do lose Mookie Betts. He gets pissed off at you. If you're the Red Sox, if you offered Mookie Betts $300 over eight years, which is more than Rendon. Right? Again, Rendon. Seven years. 245 mil, Mookie Betts is like, I want to make more than that. So automatically, it's at least eight years. It's more than 245. So let's just say 300, and I've already played this out for you, this contract that I would offer him, but we'll do it again now that we know Rendon. We'll call it 300 over eight years. That's 37 and a half mil. That's a record-setting average annual value salary. If you offered Mookie Betts that right now, and he rejected a $300 million deal over eight years, which would give him a record setting and the highest average annual value in all of baseball, you're saying to Mookie Betts, we are going to make you the highest paid player in baseball every single season. Yeah, it's not the highest total contract. You know, Mike Trout, what was Mike Trout, 420 over 12? Uh Yeah, it's not even Bryce Hopper's at 330, 330 mil overall. Um, Yeah, it's not Garrett Cole, 324 mil. But it's more than Strasburg. It's more than Rendon, and we're using Rendon right now. You know? It's more than Arenado. Um, and we're going to pay you 37.5 mil per year. You want opt-outs? We'll give you opt-outs. But if they offered that to Mookie Betts and he rejected it, we would hear about it. Because if I'm the Red Sox and he rejects that, I'm leaking it to someone. Maybe it isn't the Globe because then it looks too obvious that we're doing him dirty. Because maybe then there still is a negotiation and a chance to negotiate. But if he rejects 300 mil over eight years, (laughs) if I'm high in bloom, who am I texting? Who am I texting? (laughs) Hey, uh, let me pull up Sean McAdam. Hey, uh, Sean. Yeah. Uh, listen, I need you to run with something anonymously. You're speaking to an anonymous person. But Mookie Betts has rejected. Sources tell you Mookie Betts has rejected a $300 million deal over eight years, which would make him the highest paid player per year and give him the highest average annual salary in Major League Baseball. He rejected that. Please run. Thank you. Anonymous GM. That's what I would do. And I think they would do it too. The fact that they're not tells me they didn't make that offer to him. And don't give me, well, he's going to reject that anyway, so why would you make it? No, 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 you make it so it's on the record, baby. If you think that Mookie is long gone and he is out and he is not coming back and he wants $475 million over 15 years, or at least that's what he's asking for, and you... And you know you're getting nowhere close to that, and rightfully so, you don't get close to that. This is a, this right now is a PR battle. Right? Who gets out of this looking the best? If you're the Red Sox, he rejects $300 million from you over eight years. Send that baby out. Send that puppy out. That's This is going to someone. This is getting out there. They're talking about that on sports radio. They're talking about that on TV and podcasts and writing about that in columns all over the the sports world and in New England? You're going to say we look bad? Mookie Betts is gone? You're going to blame that on us? We made him a contract that would have paid him the most money, average annual, than anyone in the game. How's that on us? That's how the Red Sox would look good. They know that. But that hasn't been leaked yet. So if it hasn't been leaked, they haven't offered it yet. So make the offer if you're the Red Sox. If they don't, we, you know, we hear all this luxury tax stuff, but again, like, the the purpose of trading someone like David Price is to free up some salary, along with the salary that you're shedding. I mean, Rick Porcello's not coming back. He just signed a one-year deal with the Mets. It was a one-year 10 mil. All right, you shed some other salary. Um, And, you know, maybe there's someone else you move. Maybe, right? Maybe you move Jackie Bradley Jr. Like... But people are trying to tell me that the Red Sox need to rebuild. Rebuild? That makes no sense to me. And if it makes sense to you, maybe we just have a different definition of rebuild. Trading David Price is not a rebuild. And I actually, I responded to Lou Merloni, um, who who tweeted the one of the, he was one of the people who tweeted the rebuild things. And I responded, I said, rebuild. The Red Sox, a majority of the Red Sox lineup, most of the Red Sox lineup right now, forget about pitching staff, most of their lineup, you know, if I'm thinking, if you're putting Chavis at first, if you're getting Pedroya back to play second, everybody outside of the DH and JD Martinez is homegrown talent. And I think seven of nine of those guys are homegrown talent in their 20s. When you rebuild, that's the exact team that you tried to build the one the Red Sox currently have, which is a lineup filled with homegrown talent in their 20s for the most part. Why are you trying to break that up? That makes no sense. You rebuild to build what the Red Sox currently have. Trade in David Price should only be a move made in order to sign Mookie Betts. Right? So, trading David Price is not rebuilding. To me, rebuilding is if you traded, you know, you sent, you packaged Bogarts, Vasquez, Jackie Bradley, and even Mookie you traded all those guys and you just got all these top prospects. That's a rebuild. You know, you trade sale and price. You trade Bogots. You trade Jackie Bradley. You trade Mookie. That's a rebuild. I'm not looking to rebuild. You need to make moves here and there. We've talked about the moves. We all know the moves. It does all come back to Mookie Betts. There's a belief out there that Mookie Betts knows what he wants. And is going to go get it. And it's high. And if it's, you know, 400 mil, I don't blame the Red Sox if they don't want to pay it. But you got to make them an offer. You got to get them to think. You got to get Mookie Betts to say, well, wow, they're offering me 300 mil over eight years. I got to think about this. Because what if we get the free agency next year and that's not there for me? Then I'm I'm screwing myself. Or what if I get hurt? You know, like you got to put that in the table for him. So I think it's easy to blame Mookie and say, well, Mookie knows what he wants. And it's it's a ridiculous office. So you got to trade him. Well, if you're the Red Sox, show me. I want you, I want the Red Sox to show me that Mookie Betts doesn't want to be here. Or that Mookie Betts is gone and he's dead set on hitting free agency. And there's nothing you can do about it if you're the Red Sox. I want the Red Sox to show me that. You know how you show me that? You offer him 300 mil over eight years. That's more than what Rendon just got. And you say 300 mil over eight years is 37 and a half mil per season. You're the highest paid player every year for the next eight years. At least for now. That's the highest average annual salary in baseball. That's what we want to, that's the offer we give you. And if he rejects it, then, you know, you send the anonymous text to a reporter outside of the globe, because again, I think that's too obvious and too shady, and you say, hey, Mookie just rejected this, run with it. It, I'm anonymous, by the way. And show us that Mookie is leaving, and it's his decision. You gotta make the offer. Have to. Have to. Have to, especially now that Rendon gets that contract, 245 over 7. Um, Mookie wants at least eight and at least three hundred mil, and that's what I'd offer him that's what i'd offer him three hundred mil over eight. if he rejects it it's not on the red sox it's not it's not um so we'll see what happens but i i, I don't think we I, I think sometimes we think we we like to know what's going on behind the scenes i don't I don't think we really know everything, but I think we get a little more clarity if we hear that report that's like, hey, mookie rejected this huge contract. That will give us a little more clarity. But we'll see. Winter meetings as they wrap up this week. Anything that happens over the weekend, any news, I will react to it on this show every Monday and Thursday. And then we get the live stream on YouTube on Tuesday, which I have started to add the audio on this podcast feed uh, for people who don't watch me on YouTube or don't watch the replay on YouTube. But if you do want to do that, go subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Follow me on Twitter. Go to my website, dannypicard.com. Don't forget to sign up for the Christmas ball, Christmas ball Two. Go to my merch store at tpublic and buy some Christmas gifts for the fam and some and for some friends or, you know, you got the Yankee swap, whatever you got going on. There's some great gifts on my merch store. Go check it out, tpubliccom slash store slash Danny Picard. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Patriots game. I'll be back on Monday to react to it all. See you.